podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to the final whistle, where at the AFAS Stadion it finishes AZ Alkmaar 2, Celtic 1, a result that means the Hoops go through to the Europa League group stages with an aggregate score of 3-2. This is Tino, tonight I'm joined by James. James, what a shift that was. <laughs> That's the very word, a shift. Um, all that counts is we're through, it was backs to the wall for pretty much 60-70 minutes of that game, despite an amazing start, but we got the job done. We're in the group stages. Yeah, and you know, that was a sole target at the start of the night to get through, but it was a real tough watching then. So we'll get into the final detail just shortly. But Andrew will be delighted because he inherited, you know, a very makeshift squad. And at the end of the day, to have qualified with that, with room to improve, it's a great place to be, isn't it? Certainly is. And, you know, if you think about not just the squad he inherited, we're talking about getting to group stages was the only job. That wasn't the job at the start of the season. The start of the season was fix the squad, getting place in the league and try and win the league. Europe was a bit of a, a bonus, so to get into group stage football, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do for the board. Yeah, and you can also see just what it meant to the players at the end, particularly Joe Hart and guys like that. Were real, there was a real energy on the final whistle and it was great to see. What it also shows is a, a togetherness and a willing to fight for each other. Now, we can talk about the personnel and the you know the quality of different times, but they're all in it together, eh? There's a team spirit, you can see it, and you know, you'll know yourself when played football. When you win games like that, you're really up against it. It's got such a galvanising effect on the squad. I think they already had that, but this has further cemented it. Yeah, so I think we shouldn't underestimate how huge tonight was and could be in terms of how the season shapes up. So what we'll do to start with, we'll look at the starting lineup. For me, I thought this team almost picked itself. So Joe Hart in goals, Ralston, Starfelt, Welsh and Taylor at the back four. Midfield three, Captain Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic, David Turnbull, and up top, Christie and Abada with Kyogo through the centre. Any surprises for you, or was that what you expected? It's what I expected, it's kind of what I hoped for. Um, mostly because I, I, I like to see Kyogo in the centre, and when Eddie starts, Kyogo drifts out to the left and does a good job there, but you want to have him in the centre, so no, no, no great surprises. And at that, at that side of Celtic's squad up top, there is genuine quality and you can rotate a wee bit, so it's, it's no, there's no snub in there, it's just he's gone with that for this game. Yeah, he's been proven bang on the money, three minutes in, so very quick break from Celtic. Great ball by Tony Ralston, um, not to be missed at all, great ball into the channel. Do you know, sometimes I like the triangles and I like the you know the short, sharp passing, but sometimes a more direct route to goal is the way to go. Tony Ralston's played into uh, Abada's path. That in itself is a pass which, yes, it's a straightforward pass, but you see other guys not doing it so well. But he's rolled it along perfectly, and Kyogo doesn't miss from there, does he? No, he doesn't. And, you know, fantastic finish. But the three of them involved in it, Ralston, Abada, and Kyogo, I think the vision from Ralston, first of all, a lot of players, not, not only do they try and play the safe pass, they don't even see that the, the opportunity is there. So the great, great ball down to Abada. The best thing that Abada did there, and this showed, this this really separates him from lesser players. First time, confident, didn't even stall, didn't think I can take this in. First time into Kyogo again. First time I'm not stumbling, 
right in the back of the net. Yeah, it was quality and it was, it was the perfect start for Celtic. You called it last time out. We'd, we'd done the match reaction after the first leg at Celtic Park. And you basically says, we will score over there, meaning they've got it all to do. Obviously, we didn't realise what was going to transpire after Celtic scored, but they've got that goal and it's it's proven so, so important. And Kyogo's a man for the big moment just now. Yeah, he, he's he's thriving on that. And that's what you love to see. Having someone come in with such talent is obviously great, but sometimes talent can wilt under big lights and he just doesn't. He thrives on that. Yeah, he's top man. Now for the bad stuff. <laughs> so I've got screeds of notes for the first half it was such a, a ferocious pace the game was played at in general but the Celtics trouble started as early as the, the 6th minute when Alkmaar have got the equaliser it's a combo uh, of Welsh and Hart for me you can argue who was most at fault but there were glaring errors by both yeah I think it's not even a combo you, you separate the two issues there your job is to clear the ball you didn't do it that is your mistake for, for Welsh and then when it comes through to your heart, your job is to get out and claim that ball, and you didn't do it. So they're two separate incidents, both 100% at fault for each of their incidents. Yeah. What do you think Welsh is thinking of there? So it's a ball from the keeper. It's a very, you know, there's no there's not even any direction on it. He's just swinging the boot at it. So the keeper's put the laces through it. It's coming to Welsh. I, I wonder if pre-Ange Postacoglu, he would have just headed that back in the direction he came. Was he trying to get it back under control, bring it onto his chest. In the end, he done neither nor, but do you think that's his thinking he was trying to play ball? Yeah, if you're, for example, playing for Kilmarnock and a ball <clears> comes <throat> in like that, you absolutely leather it. You know, Just get it right out of the park or out of the defence, whatever it is. There's no second option. The Celtic way under Ange is, let's see for something on. And for a guy like that, I just don't know if he's there yet to be making those kind of complicated football decisions. Yeah, I just think he get, you know, caught on all sorts of minds and as I say on another day I think he'd have taken the paint off the ball and launched it and we could have regrouped and started again but such is Ange, Ange's principles and he's obviously drilling at these guys you know day in day out at training we play football and we change for no one you even seen that throughout the game we're under extreme pressure at times and we're still trying to do this playing out for the back he won't change that for anybody will he? Doesn't seem to be I actually was thinking back to the, the, the Michelin uh, final whistle we did you know just about a month ago and I was quite kind of scathing that, you know, we can't be ideological, we need to be pragmatic. While we've got personnel, while we've got a team in reconstruction, all of that stuff, it, it just doesn't listen to me, the hinge. It doesn't listen to me. No, I, I don't think he's been tuning in just yet, James, but as soon as he does, Celtic will be absolutely flying. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, at that point, the early momentum you've got from such an early goal by Kyogo, it's undone right away, and actually we've... You know, felt under pressure for long, long spells of the game after that. There's various things at that stage that have started to go wrong for me. Star felt, and we're obviously going to get to him in a minute, there's times when the ball's coming out the sky and he's letting it bounce. Now, that is rule number one for a centre-half. At any level of football, don't let it bounce. Get your head through it, and we'll start again, you know, if the ball's in their half or whatever. He's letting it bounce, creating a more 50-50 situation with a striker who then gets himself between him and the ball, and it becomes very difficult. That, for me, is not on, and Starfield, he just hasn't started for Celtic yet, and he needs to get his feet together. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, I feel for him because he picked up his injury, which looks difficult, but Greg Taylor had given the ball away at least a couple of times in those yeah, early phases. Good. To be fair, I think, I've noted here, they actually went down with his injury before their first goal, so around about the fifth minute. Looks like maybe some sort of shoulder dislocation or something similar, so we'll, we'll give him a pass for tonight, but Starfield just hasn't got going so far. No, he hasn't, and that... 
you know, letting the ball drop. That really is under nine stuff. You know, you remember getting told that when you're just a kid. You know, don't let the ball drop, don't let the ball drop. He wasn't the only one that did it. I caught Ralston doing it a few times as well, but Starfield obviously is in that, that position where he absolutely cannot be taking chances like that because you get punished. Yeah, you do. Um, so as we mentioned, obviously they're continuing to play from the back and the main guys that feature on the ball during those phases of play, it's Hart, it's Starfield, it's Welsh. And they played about, you know, fairly well in those early stages, but at points they were playing it, playing it, playing it, and then Hart would shell it to five foot seven Leah Labada. Yeah. What's the thinking there? I think it's they must have a kind of plan in place that you try and you know pass it out. If it doesn't work out, then just launch it to whichever you know, direction you think is most open. Mm. Which is a bad. It was the most open because he's shown for it, but he's not going to win that. Yeah, I don't think he's won a header since primary four. I yeah. think it's a bit more sensible to try and shell it to the left where Christie might at least compete. So it's yeah. a strange one because actually I've noted about four or five times Hart uh, fired out to that that right wing position. So. Just not sure they're thinking there. Maybe there's some something behind it and maybe we'll find out in due course. Um, not long after that, so as mentioned, Greg Taylor was struggling. He tried to play on a couple of times, which is fair game and you know players will do that. You see it often enough. We've seen it with Mikey Johnson to his detriment a while ago against St. Johnson. And Taylor's tried to play on, which is to his credit, but they've made the call and rightfully so. He's come off and young Montgomery's come on round about the 24th minute. How do you think he done overall? I think overall he can be very pleased with his performance, you know, from when he came on until the 93rd minute, 94th minute. I think he had moments where it was a bit dicey in the first half, but I think on balance he's got to be very pleased with himself there. Yeah, I think it's great for his experience. So Anne seems to like him. He's mm-hmm. brought him off the bench maybe last three or four games, giving him 10, 15 minutes. He's obviously got a good, whatever it is, James, what's 94 minutes minus 20, <laughs> 70 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a it's been a long night, guys. Uh, Seventy minutes, which is great for his experience in such a high pressure environment. Yes, I agree. I think he get caught, you know, in his inside channel a couple of times, and they had a couple of you know tricky wide men, and he struggled a bit. But he also showed a, a real bit of grit and determination at times to win headers, to win strong tackles, and make himself available. So credit to him, and you know, it's a big part of his learning curve. Yeah. So, not long after that, eh, as I say, Montgomery comes on in 24 minutes and you certainly can't blame him or anyone else for the second goal. Talk me through it. What's to talk about? Um, I mean, it's a, you know, a, an untroubling ball. It's position for me. He's standing at a 45 degree angle instead of getting side on to that. He's not got a left foot anywhere in his body and oh, he's just... he's. he's just let it kind of, kind of come off himself and into the back of the net. I mean, everything was wrong. Awareness, alertness, positioning. That's three things a centre half has to have at all times, especially when the ball's coming into the box. It's a howler. Yeah, it really is. I think uh, Carl Starfelt, he's got a left foot, but he only uses it for the clutch and to get him downstairs at times, but definitely not for football. Uh, he had chances. He, you know, he could have just put it back the way it came. Even use your right foot just to send it back into the stands yeah. or even for a corner. Even for a corner, right. Or could he even get you know his head on it if he'd led early, but he'd done neither nor... He couldn't have done what he eventually done if he tried. I mean, no. that was near impossible. Yeah. And at a time when you're under a spell of pressure and you're just looking to soak it up, it really put you under the cosh with a, a long, long way of the game to go. Yeah, and you, they, they you know, could tell that. You could see after, right after that, they were already coming on us, but they went, right, You know, we, we can taste blood here. And, and they went for it with the up the pace and they were already hitting some pace as It was non-stop and the, the balls kept on coming in. Yeah, so at that point or not long after, a couple of minutes after the goal, it's cut to Andrew on the sideline and he's looked really, really disappointed. Looking smashing with the, the club issue, uh, Celtic Superstore jumper, don't get me wrong. but He weren't slow there. Eh? He, looked, uh, he looked a bit dejected by it all, didn't he? 
I think you'll be seeing what we're seeing. You know, we've been talking about it. We've been, let's be fair, we've been tickling around the edges on this and saying you'll give them time. It's not the time to call it. And let's just say, on balance and fairness, all that stuff, he's not had the ground running. He needs some time. He needs some support. Immediately, he needs cover. And maybe even the option of taking him out the fire line for a game or two, get him in with the coaches, work on his game, work on his game and Angie's game and see what we can do with that. See what we can make him. What's Angie made Tony Ralston into? What can he make Starfield into? That's kind of where I'm at with it. I hope so. And I hope we have a bit more time with him on the training ground. You know, Carl Starfield, he's not the first guy that, that hasn't hit the ground running at Celtic, but will actually, you know, hopefully go on to bigger things. But at the moment, he isn't at himself. We've obviously got another huge game on Sunday. And I would say... There's no real options, you know, you've got Nier Beaton who's who's proven unreliable, you've got young Dane Murray, they may sign someone, but I can't see it being anybody but Starfelt on Sunday. Could be Scales. Scales apparently is coming tomorrow, mm. uh, if he's medical. Um so if you were if you were thinking he he was under pressure to that degree, you could put Scales in. I think he'll start. It's the kind of thing that it's a big game. If he plays well, then it's a big part of his recovery, which is a, a bad place to be recovering this early in your career at Celtic yeah I think the thing is about Starfield and we're not labouring this here but he's now about a half a dozen games in his Celtic career maybe more and he's yet to have a proper good game one I can't remember who it was against maybe Dundee but mm. you know you're 6-0 yeah. uh, winnings there ok but moving on um, th- at that point the team are nervous you know you're 2-1 down you're only a goal ahead in the tie you've got a lot of football still to play I think McGregor's made a, a bit of an error that's led to another big chance Rodic was off the ball by and large for this game I've actually taken a note at this point around about the half hour mark maybe just after and it's with the benefit of hindsight you know I was delighted with the start lineup. but as Tom Rodgic or Tommy Rodgic to quote Ange is Tommy Rodgic the man when you're in this kind of game where you're under serious pressure it, it, it wasn't you know he, no. he proved and, and obviously he got replaced on the hour mark but he struggled in large spells didn't he? Yeah I mean it's such a, a change from last week you know the, the, the style of game because we know at Parkhead we're going to be going at them and Rogic in that mode is everything you need and you saw how phenomenal he was last week. It's got to flip. They've got to come out at us in this game and if you think about it in hindsight, as you say, a game where they're coming at you is Rogic the man for it and, it, and he wasn't. You know, he was he was lacklustre. He was just kind of dancing about, you know, not really hitting challenges, not closing things down, wasn't getting enough of the ball to to be creative. It just wasn't the game for him. No, it was not. It is another interesting indicator, though, of the fact that Ange won't change his system for anyone. And even when he made the change, which was um, Edward for uh, Tom Rodgic around about the hour mark, he still kept the same shape. He's yeah. kept this 4-3-3, even though we were under relentless pressure at that time. So, really interesting to see. Domestically, I think, you know, we'll have loads of success and, and I think we'll blow away loads of teams uh, in the SPFL. It's going to be interesting though, in terms of the Europa League group stages and obviously we'll come up against decent, maybe better quality even than, than AZ Alkmaar and I think I know the answer here but does Ange change his system for that? What do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I think we will come up against the same or better opposition but it'll be hard. That, I said it before the game, I said it you know after last week. They're a quality side, they're a well-drilled side, they're a fit, physical side um, they may be like a wee bit of creativity in the middle of the park but they'll go very very far in this conference league yeah I think they'll do well actually let's take a look at some of the stats because we've poured and, 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 and you know 
love the stats we've seen recently from Celtic in terms of how it's dominant we've other been. Way, yeah. yeah, let's look at the other way. So ball possession tonight, 63% Alkmaar to 37 Celtic. Goal attempts, 15 to them, 8 to us. Shots on goal, only 2 for Celtic, 5 for them. Shots off goal, 9 for them and 6 for us. Um, corner kicks, 8 to them, 5 to us. Various other stats, blah, blah, blah. But generally speaking, and listen, you don't need stats to tell you we were under relentless pressure at times. They were kicking themselves at the final whistle. I've seen a few guys really berating themselves and kind of you know screaming into the ground because... They gave a lot to the game. I thought I thought they had real quality at times. The the Swedish guy that was up top and up against Ralston, can't remember Charles his name. Nelson. Very, very, very good player. Um some real quality around. They 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 I mean they, they took the game to us and they actually to be fair they didn't really do much wrong. They just never got the break as well. Yeah, I mean we got our breaks to a degree, but I thought, you know, after the change in the second half that will come on to, I think we did start to you know, settle into a wee bit more attacking opportunity, which is what Angel just said, justifies his, his whole ethos and his whole process. Um, yeah, they didn't do an awful lot long. They're maybe, like I said, just lacking that wee bit of composure in the middle of the park, wee bit of creativity. But, I mean, I thought uh, Carlos in particular was was phenomenal. Uh, he had Ralston's number pretty early on tonight. Yeah, a dangerous team, and it will be interesting to see how they fare in the, the Europa Conference League. Um, just to close out the second half, a couple of other points of note. I thought Tony Ralston was very brave in a challenge. Um, it was a goal scorer. I think it's a Bukel or a Bukel. He's clattered into him. The two of them have kind of, I think they've potentially clashed heads, but it was brave by Ralston. Uh, their man ended up getting a yellow card, but he showed his character at times tonight. Listen, we know what we get from Tony Ralston. He's played a huge part in the first goal and he showed some real character and bravery at times towards the end of the game where he's just stood up to be counted and won some, some important headers. And listen, another guy who I don't think had a great game, but Stephen Wilson won some big headers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but particularly that with, with Ralston, you'll never see him shirk a challenge like that. You know, you'll never see him think, I'm going to get hurt here, so I'll pull out of it. He went into that full blood, and it was his ball. And you know, the other guy, I think the guy was quite dirty. He was going for him, and you know, he kind of clipped him in the jaw kind of thing. So Ralston went to carry on, but realised he was, he was hurt. It was a booking, and as we said at the weekend there, we don't mind someone bringing a physical game to us if the rules are applied. And the rules were applied, the guy got booked, End of story. Yeah, fair enough. Now, I thought the ref was okay by and large. Um, last action of the first half, last notable action, 43rd minute. Ah, basic ball over the top, guy breaks down the left. Decent strike, but it's a good save by Hart, which we've come to expect from him, but only a couple of goalkeepers ago we possibly wouldn't have, have got away with that. So that yeah. was good. And, and Hart had some some big moments in the game, some definitely you know shaky moments, not not to mention the first goal, but that was another big moment to see us through to, to the half-time whistle. And at that point, you can breathe... And Ange can get the boys in, they can regroup, allow them to just come down a wee bit and relax and say, okay, this is what we're going to do, this is how we approach the second half, right for the whistle, (laughs) (laughs) we've just given them the ball, and it's led to as intense a 15 minute spell of pressure as you'll see in football. I can't remember the last time, you know, it was probably PSG or something like that, where you're basically playing in your first third, in their final third for 15-20 minutes, Um, it was non-stop. I mean, I think Ange will have settled him down at half time and said, you know, don't worry. But he's also probably said, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know, just just do it better. Um, plan B is doing plan A better, which, you know, I, I wouldn't oppose him to Ange. But he's, he's not looked to change anything tactically. He's just saying, look, your opportunities will come. But it was relentless that, that 15, 20 minutes, a, a hard watch. Yeah, I think Ange's whole thinking is that despite all that pressure, one break away from goal, 
for Celtic, you know, kills the tie and, and we're, we're good to go. Yeah. So he knows that we've always got a goal in us, or at least we, you know, we've got that attacking threat with guys like Kyogo, Abada, Edward who stepped in and stuff. But for that 15 minutes, you know, there's 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 basic stuff where they're, you know, piling on the pressure and the ball's going out and Celtic managed to win a bye kick. And before you've had a time to blink or even have a bite out your caramel wafer, they've turned around <laughs> and Joe Hart's given it, you know, right to Ralston. We start again and we can't get it. So they have this ethos drilled into them and, you know, that'll benefit you in the long term, sure. But when your team's getting used to it and you don't have all the personnel in place, as we don't have at the moment, and there's a lot of guys to come in here, it's it's going to be like that. But instead of, like, you know, managing the game and all these kind of cynical Mourinho type things, and just saying, no matter what, at every time, do what I've told you. Yeah. And just, just they are, like, you know, there was guys going down, you're saying, stay down, and he's popping up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've said it before, but to quote myself, it is terrifying at times. <laughs> However, um, first five, six minutes of this, the second half was exactly like that. They would wave after wave of attack. We would win a bike kick or a free kick. And, you know, you know, conspire to, to give it right back to him. There was a ball over the top, I've noted, 53rd minute. It's a very basic ball, actually. It's gone over Welsh and Starfelt. I think they maybe tried to play a high line for offside. Got that all wrong, and the guy's bearing down on goal. Starfelt's trying his best to get back. He would do himself a favour by unhooking the caravan. Cannot get to him, and the guy gets another decent strike on goal. And it's another good save by Hart. It's similar to the one in the first half, and it's hugely important at that point in the game. Yeah, I mean... But just particularly that minute of the game because that's them if they'd score from that they're getting the, the reward for all their pressure and then the pressure just keeps coming and keeps coming and before you know it you've lost two or three there so yeah a, a big stop and it is this you know if, if we'd stuck with the goalie you know Barca's Spain that, that's not happening and you know you're losing a goal there I think yeah I agree I think despite um, Joe Hart's error for the first goal if you get Barca's Bain you're out uh, do you know despite his error he didn't let his head drop Barkas in particular, if I'm going to give Bain a pass, Barkas in particular, let's let's put it past tense, let things like that really affect his game and he's not then making any further saves, he's, he's out for the rest of the game. Hart just said, you know, reset, off we go again. I think that's exactly it, as a professional. What was the chat from the weekend? So the St Murn goalie, Jack Alnick, he said a mayor and the chat is that Joe Hart has approached him at half-time and basically said... Yeah. Reset, get out your system, and go and make some saves. Make some saves. Eh? He's he's taking his own advice in the the second half tonight. Yeah. So it's impressive to see, and it's it's a reason why you sign such a character. So I think the probably the pivotal moment, and listen, it was a very obvious sub. There was no tactical genius by Ange, but he's brought Edward on at the 59th minute and taken Tom Rogic off. As I say, he's kept the shape. Kyogo's gone left. Edward's gone up through the middle. Abada stays to right, and Christie, with all his energy and work rate, uh, steps into the midfield. And ultimately, you know, obviously it was still a tough half hour after that, but ultimately that change has allowed Celtic to breathe and it's taken the sting out of them. I think it, you could see it almost immediately. You know, it, it really did. You know, from Eddie coming on, we were spending a lot more time in the middle, a lot more time in the in the final third that we hadn't been for the last, you know, 60-odd minutes. So, yeah, like you say, it wasn't tactical genius. Everyone at home was absolutely screaming for that change. But when that change occurred, you saw how kind of calming an impact that I had on the team because the ball was getting out of the of the first third and into the final third at times. So, yeah, good move. Changed the game. Eddie started playing his part. Yeah, he did. And actually, what was interesting, he, he never really looked like scoring at any point, but what he was was an out ball uh, for the midfielder, even the defenders, where he would hold it up. Uh, he would bring other guys into play. The first notable um, passage of play like that was when 
he took the ball into the box, you know, back to goal, held up the play, and then tucked it back into Montgomery, who was on the edge of the box, who himself has very cleverly dropped the shoulder and had a decent strike on goal. Unfortunately, that one's gone for a, a deflected corner. Beyond that, Christian Edward had a great one to on the edge of the box. Uh, even further on, Edwards had some great play where he's he's tried to clip in Kyogo. Just missed it. Which was desperately unlucky, but actually the, the ball wider to Abada uh, might have made the difference. But, you know, we know that Eddie is not fine on all cylinders. He's not 100%, but he's played a very important role there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you just saw the change straight away. Um, he did all his hard work. You know, he had a few things that didn't come off. He was trying. He, he was also bouncing about in 80 minutes as if, as if he'd be run for 120. So you weren't really seeing as much energy from him as, as you maybe could have expected. But it was the back-to-goal showing, you know, every time there was a midfielder under pressure, which we they always were, he was shown for that ball. And that just let them relax and just get a wee bit of headspace. Yeah, he just showed flashes of the, the quality, excuse me, that we all know that he's got. And it's played such a huge part. And I suppose, you know, again, we spoke about this after the Michelin game, that when Angelic's down the bench... You know, we've got Forrest missing tonight, we've got James uh, McCarthy missing tonight, and when Ange looked down when he needed guys, he didn't have the guy out with Edward, and obviously Montgomery came in for Greg Taylor. The quality's still missing just now, so listen, we've got a you know, few days left of this window, but reinforcements are required. Yeah, I looked at the bench the, before the game started, and I just thought that, you know, where's the depth there if, if we do need someone? And obviously, there's an injury in the first, well, it's less than six minutes, and it transpired they had to go off, and that's you, you get a sub-used, and then you're looking at, you know, where's the quality? We were saying ourselves, if when Kyogo had that knock, if he's coming off, who's coming on? Didn't expect Sorrow, didn't do anything too bad. But if you were, you know, at that stage of the game, it's still quite early, maybe half an hour to go, and you're thinking, what's what attacking option am I bringing on here? Um, Forrest being out from the attack gives you a real problem there because that's a bit of a quality option to bring off. You know, and you, you just didn't have that, so there's work to be done. Yeah, and I think Hugo hobbled on, but he's he, he's taken some sort of impact, I think, on his knee. And you're watching it, and you're thinking, right, okay, we obviously we're desperate to get through tonight. We've also got a huge game on Sunday, and ideally, you'd look to the bench and have a, a like for like place. I mean, is it Loverich, this guy that we're looking at, for example? Apparently so. Yeah. If you'd quality like that, it's the easiest decision you'll make all night. But we had to just you know huff and puff and keep him on. And yeah, just as you mentioned, Sorrow come on, but not till the 86 minute. So that's a long time for Hugo to be. You know, going through the motions with a you know some sort of knock, and obviously he was playing a bit deeper as the game progressed, and he was having to get more involved defensively. So hopefully he and the rest of the players are, are good to go. But it's been a it's been a tough night physically for them, and that'll play some sort of role as we head into Sunday. I think so. Um, this early in the season, I think they can recover from that. You know, physically, just you know, get some rest, get some light training in. I I, I don't think it'll have as long as there's not injuries and, and knocks. I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. I think they'll get themselves you know, reset back for Sunday. You're probably right. And I also think adrenaline for so many guys will be yeah. their first time uh, getting into this type of fixture, Glasgow Derby. Uh, guys from last season as well never got to experience it with fans, albeit you know, it'll be a, an interesting crowd of fans are playing in front of in a hostile environment. But it's, it's one to look forward to and, and everybody will be looking forward to that. And there'll be nobody flagging up injuries or wee niggles I think they'll all be no, no. They'll going be for it for that, yeah. um, the last big big chance for Alkmaar and they obviously had a few and they you know they were banging the door down come around about the 79th 80th minute they've beat the offside trap again come down the left hand side the guys played the right ball the perfect ball across the back post the guy's sliding in but how he misses it I do not know I think Montgomery just does enough you know just enough pressure on him to say you've, you've, you've got to get this bang on and he maybe tries to rush it um, but yeah if he if he gets it, 
anywhere apart from he's put it where he's put it it's in the back of the net Hart was covering a, a, a fair bit you, you might have got a save out of him there but you've got to score there you know if that's Celtic missing a chance like that you're absolutely tearing your hair out yeah absolutely I think the guys in the AZ Alkmaar exchange tonight will be going absolutely nuts at that because it. he has got to score that but do you know Celtic have ridden their luck there at times tonight but I make no apology for that because at times particularly last season when things or anything could have gone against Celtic they have so sometimes you know you, you get the break sometimes you don't but I think you've got to take them when they're there and yeah you know it's been such a tough game and We've caused a few of our own problems, but you know you've got to take that kind of luck when you get it. Of course, it's, you know, this is tournament football or knockout football at this stage. It's a playoff, so how you get there is completely immaterial. You know, if we go on and get into the group, get out of the group, see we go on and win this, right? In twenty years' time, they'll say, "Aye, but you weren't great against Altmar." Yeah, you know, it's not that. And the second part of it is there's a lot of learning in there for the team. You know, for this this team that's coming together and. You know, the reconstruction, all that stuff. All those individuals will learn a lot from that and they'll learn a lot as a team as well. So, yeah, you've got to take the positives in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as a team we'll learn from tonight, we'll grow as a unit, we'll add to this squad all going well in the next few days and the players will get more used to this system of Angie. So, listen, you're as well um, scraping through by the skin of your teeth and then looking at it and, and, and experiment once you get to group stages and making those improvements and licking your wounds and going, ah, what could have been? So we'll take all the luck going. James, just in terms of looking forward, obviously we've now got group stage football to look forward to till Christmas at least. What's your hopes and expectations for the group stages? You know, if you'd asked me two months ago, um, I'd have said you might even be thinking that far with the, with the work to be done. Uh, it's, it's going to be the same. You know, whoever we come up against, Angie's going to say, I'm going to score goals against you. So what are you going to do when I do? So at, at Parkhead, I mean, we've seen how the, the crowd and the atmosphere has been building and building and building. So the three teams that have to come to Parkhead will not enjoy it one bit. We're going to be very strong there, as Altmar found. Going away from home, we've shown we can lose and go through, but there's improvements to be made there. So if fans can go and pick up points on the road, you know, we've got to be in the mix here. I believe, and I'll need to check this, but I believe it's only the top team that goes through. Second team's going to some kind of a playoff round. Right. So it's not like before. <clears throat> so if I was looking for my hopes and dreams, it would be, obviously, win the group. The, the luck of the draw might be part of that. Uh, I would say, where we're at just now, like I said before, we're playing a better team than us tonight there, which is good. You want to see teams that are better than you and raise your game towards it. But I think we're... we're most naturally at just now is to get a second place get a playoff and see how we can do in knockout football yeah I think that'll be good and it'll be you know, exciting to see I'm terrified and I can't wait in equal measure so Celtic through to the Europa League, Europa League group stages after a particularly lively night in the Netherlands tonight was all about going through and that's exactly what we've done and we can now look forward to European group stage football until Christmas at least we'll be back on Saturday morning with our Glasgow Derby preview but in the meantime thanks for listening Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.